welcome to That's Anita Live. dedicated to providing emotional healing through sharing to help you create a happier life. Marriage ministry. Yes. You all have been married 14 years? Yes, 15 next month. Now, where did you meet? Um, in an apartment building. I was working and um, I was the assistant property manager for an apartment complex. Okay. And he was living on the 18th floor with three, with two roommates. It was three of them. And I was calling people that were delinquent on their rent. Mm. And so I called. <laughs> <laughs> now, you went college at the time, right? I was, but I also okay. was not okay. delinquent on my rent. So when she called and she said that, I actually hung up on her and told her that she wasn't looking for me. He was the primary person. So in property management, right. we have to take all of the rent and apply it, but we can't apply partial payments. So because it was a roommate situation, mm -hmm. they split the rent up three ways. And he and another roommate had paid their rent, but the third roommate had not. It did not show who had not paid their rent. No. It just showed that the apartment was delinquent. How we get from him hanging up on you to having three kids and be mad for two? Well, I kept calling back. <laughs> and he kept hanging up. It's true. It's, it's true, I did. Because then, she called back and she, right. she just... So they had his name listed wrong. That was another thing. He okay. was very... Um, jerkish. I mean, he, he, he's a minister now, but he was he was a jerk. I'm still kind of a jerk, he even is. though I'm a minister, but <laughs> so, I'm just blessed. <laughs> so um, they had him listed as Timothy Tyson, and his birth name is Tommy Tyson. Uh -huh. So I kept calling asking for Timothy, and that was making it worse because he wasn't delinquent on his rent, and his name wasn't Timothy. So he kept saying, you have the wrong number, click. And so the very last time I called, I said, look at here. I know I'm calling the right person. He said, but you don't know my name. I said, I don't give a daggone what your name is. Your rent is due. Don't make me come up there because it was a condominium. So, you know, don't make me come up there. So um, I think you hung up on me again that time. I did hang up on her again, but it was something about that ferociousness that was coming from the other end of the line that made me want to figure out who she was. So um, I ended up going down to see her. Yeah. <laughs> then we then we had to. <laughs> no, 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 push bin. Were you angry when you went down to the front desk? I was not angry because I wasn't late on my rent. So it didn't matter to me. So at that time, you got up and went down, right? I did. Okay, when you got down there, what happened? Um, when I got down there, we talked a little bit and we straightened out the situation. And was that the time that I stayed for hours? No, that was three days later. So, so, so <laughs> I, <laughs> I left her. I left her that day, and then three days later, she says, because she has a memory like an elephant. I came back down, and we, I stood there at her desk for at least four hours, wow. and we just talked while we were standing at the desk. And he danced too. He was dancing for me. We had, I, I was listening to some music okay. and he heard a song come on the radio station that he didn't really hear. He had never heard that song before. I never forget that song. 
um, is Nellie and Kelly. Nellie and Kelly Rowland. Got it. And so he said, that's Nellie. He said, turn it up. And he stood there and he danced. I gave her a little two-step. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's my husband. Wow. Really? Yes. Yes. So when did it click for you? Oh, much later down the line. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took a while for me to get it, but I guess that's the way our relationship works. Like, she gets things sooner than I do, and then I have to kind of come along. So what was, what, what, what was happening in your moment that it clicked for you, and you um, knew it, she was the one? When I knew she was the one, it, it was because I never wanted to be without her again. I never wanted to leave her presence again. And so as time went on from us being at the desk, to when it actually clicked. It was just something different about her, different than the other girls that I had met, different than the other girls that I had been with. And it was just something that was like, wow, this, is, this attraction is so strong that I can't get over it. Mm. How did you propose? I proposed. Get out! I did. I planned a surprise trip. Um, I flew him, I just called him up and I said, I need you to take some time off. He said, how long and what are the dates? I told him the dates. I flew him to Miami. Um, I bought a ring. Um, I had candlelight um, everywhere. I had food delivered up to the room. And it was the worst time ever because no, I believe was, it was during Super Bowl. No, it was, it was, it was, was preseason. Preseason. Football is football to me. Right. <laughs> right. And so I do remember like I had this whole you know, we had, at back then we were still playing CDs, so I had someone mm -hmm. download all this music on a CD, and I mean, everything was perfect, like, everything was perfect, but I did not take into account that there was a game coming on. Wow. And so trying to plan the evening that I had in my mind, mm -hmm. that I flew him to Miami for, mm -hmm. um, flower petals everywhere just everything and I am planning everything I jumped in the shower had this gown on and just I am literally walking around the hotel room and he is like glued to the television like he had it's like he saw me doing stuff but he was just and he it was the strangest <laughs> thing we're, we're I'm from Baltimore and so I'm a huge Ravens fan but we were in Miami and we just happened to be playing the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Go figure. In Miami? In Miami. So the game was on in Miami. If, if that wasn't the case, I would have never saw the game anyway. The game would have never been on because you it would have been. You didn't with all these rose petals on? <laughs> I mean, she was being romantic and the game would be off soon. So the and night was still young. Him anyway, <laughs> she married him anyway, y'all. The night was still young. <laughs> yeah. So at what point did you get to ask the question? Halftime. Yeah. Yeah, that was major. That was major because I was waiting. Like, I'm fully dressed. The candles are, like, melting down, like, everything in. So halftime happens. And right before, I, I, I saw it was, like, two minutes left, and I didn't know at the time that that was mo the most important part, the last 
two minutes of that particular time frame. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, it's just two minutes left. So now I'm like, cause I have, you know, Googled how you're supposed to do this without minimizing, you know, um, taking away the manhood from the man. Like I am like researched. I know exactly what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to say it without taking, you know, taking into account his mm -hmm. feelings. And so I'm sitting there just like about to tell him how my life has changed. And he said, babe, I just need one more minute. <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay, so he hasn't a clue as to what I'm about to do. And so at that point, you know, you I was like. You one patient sister. I knew what God had for me. I knew what he had for me. And um, I think at a position, I was in a position where I could afford certain things that my husband was at that time. He was just getting to that point. Waiting. And I, he need just one more minute. I'm in a gown, it's flower petals, it's candles. Can I tell you when that game went off, I wouldn't have been in that room? So let me tell you, in my defense, I wasn't a husband yet. I was still a college-age boy in a hotel room in Miami. What a woman. That, and, the, and that's all I was. So we, she hates this story, and I, and I have come to hate it mm -hmm. because it wasn't a best moment in my career as a boyfriend, husband, or whatever the case may be. Because later on I realized that I wasn't who I was meant to be at the time. I was in the infancy stages. And so just like any other infants, they run around and do things that they have no idea about what they're doing. It's just, I was just crawling around, just touching things. So when she asked, what was your answer? Yes, what was of your, course. I mean, the first thing that popped into your head it was yes, of course, okay. but I also thought in my mind, what does this mean? Because I had no clue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had a father and a mother that was an example, but I had no clue about what it meant to be engaged or to be a husband. So I was, I was scared to death, but because of the way she made me feel, okay. I knew that, I, that this was the woman for me. Now. What happened the next day? <laughs> Can we say that on camera? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's move to this. <laughs> well, I will say that um, he did call, he called people. Okay. And was telling people, <laughs> Okay. hey, I'm engaged, you know, and, and, you know, no, I didn't. I didn't have to, she did. <laughs> you, can, you can tell like the dynamic of the conversation, mm -hmm. um, you know, on the phone. Um, and it made me where I was going earlier was, my husband always wanted to propose, but he kept saying that he was waiting to get the money. He was waiting to get the ring. He was waiting for, to, the, perfect. for the perfect moment. And for me, it was like life is short. You know, at that point, we had lost a couple of children. Okay. Um, and so tomorrow wasn't promised to us, and I didn't necessarily want to wait until we were able to afford it. We're just at the point where we're able to afford things that we couldn't afford back then. So we would have waited 20 years to mm -hmm. do this, and I, I wasn't willing to let that go. How did you get into ministry and helping others? Um, you don't get into ministry. Ministry gets into you. Okay. Yeah. And so it, it's just one of those things because I, I never would have had myself in the position where I am today. 
it, this was something that, that was ordained for me. Um, old mothers in the church said that I would be a minister, that I would be preaching and all those types of things. And I could never believe it because I know who I was. And so from that standpoint, it, it, it would have never crossed my mind to get into ministry. But when God has something for you to do, he will keep knocking on your door until you answer. And there's no denying God. He got all the time in the world. <laughs> how, how did the two of you as a couple come to say yes to answering that call? Well, um, we've always answered the call to ministry. Mm -hmm. We've always done ministry, okay. um, but not couples ministry. Couples ministry was birthed through our separation. We were separated for 10 months. And um, when God worked on us individually mm -hmm. and worked on our marriage, um, we knew at that point what we were supposed to do. We always knew that ministry was in us. We always did separate things in the church, but this was something that we knew we had to do together um, to give someone else a chance that we didn't have. And luckily, someone took the chance on us mm -hmm. to um, counsel us through those 10 months. And so this is a tribute to, to our marriage, to our legacy, to our children, to be able to push that um, to someone else and be able to give someone else the chance that was given to us. Soulmates ministry. Yes, because you have to walk together. Our ministry is founded on Amos 3.3, 3, mm -hmm. which stands for, well, not stands for, the scripture reads, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? Mm -hmm. So soul is spelled S-O-L-E for feet, mm -hmm. because you have to be able to walk together with your spouse through all the trials and tribulations, all the joys, all the pains, everything, you have to be able to walk together and you have to become one in order to do that. You have to grow together or you can't go together. Mm. It just It's just the way it is. So if I'm trying to walk right and she's trying to walk left, then we're not walking together. It's impossible. If I'm walking ahead of her and she's walking behind me, mm -hmm. we're not walking together. So it's impossible. You have to be able to walk together. Let's make that practical. So can a husband and a wife that belong to two totally different religions have a successful marriage? They can have a successful marriage. I believe that they can have a successful marriage, but I believe successful is relative. Okay. Um, can they have a godly marriage? Can they have a Christian marriage? Those may be questions for them to answer. I do believe that a husband and wife should fellowship together. Um, I do believe that they both should be under the same leadership. Um, you need to know what your spouse is being fed. You need to know um, that the person is leading them in the direction that you should be going. Um, you don't want to be told one thing and your spouse is being told something else. Um, you don't want to have a tug of war within spirits within your household. So I think that in order for you to properly lead your family, you have to follow the Godhead. In the physical realm, it's your husband, and in the spiritual realm, it's God. What is the biggest transformation you've seen in the couples that you help in Soulmates Ministry? The biggest transfer, self-awareness. Discovering who they are. Um, a lot of people come to us because they have no idea of who they are. They don't know where they've come from and they don't know where they're going. So the, the, the mess is always in the middle and it's them being in a place where they don't know their history or their future. So right now they're, they're lost. They're somewhere, okay. but they're lost. And so them trying to figure out who they are at that particular moment is always the problem. 
because we've now become one, but yet I don't know who I am as an individual. And so that's a problem because now I'm not only trying to figure out myself, but I'm trying to figure out you too. But both of them are question marks. Like if you look at a math problem, you have to have one variable and one constant. Mm -hmm. If not, you'll never be able to figure out what X is or what Y is because you're looking for both. And so that's what relationships have a problem doing. They're trying to look for both at the same time. Okay. You have to know who you are first in order to be able to know who you are with your spouse. Soulmates Ministry. What is the biggest transformation you've seen in yourselves since working in the ministry? I would definitely say um, the same answer, self-awareness. Mm. I see myself 20 years ago, 15 years ago, in all of the wives that I work with now. I can see every stage of where we were in our own personal marriage okay. and where they are. And I think that's what makes it easier for us to connect with them mm -hmm. and for them to connect with us. We've been there. We've been there. The struggle when you're constantly blaming him. Okay. And you have to look within yourself or when he's constantly blaming you or when you don't realize that um, your childhood is affecting the decision that you're making right now. When you have that aha moment that your mother always blamed your father for something and now you're walking in that same footsteps. When they realize that that generational curse is still affecting the childhood decision, that childhood decision back then is still affecting the adult that they're becoming now. When they realize and heal from that mm -hmm. and then become the person that God has called them to be, then they can be the wife that they're called to be or the husband that they're called to be. So just definitely self-awareness um, and seeing growth in myself and seeing, um, it, it makes me look at my husband differently too okay. because a lot of times I felt like he was the enemy and I realized that he wasn't then um, and it makes me love and appreciate him more. Even now, I just said to him the other day, if you just knew how much I loved and appreciated you, much more now, 20 years later. It's it's just remarkable. How do you feel when she says things like that to you? Um, it makes me feel like I finally stepped into where I was supposed to be. Of course, I, I, I it feels good emotionally, okay. but um, when I think about it on a deeper level, it, it just allows me to know that I'm finally in the groove of being the leader of our household. I'm finally in the groove of being the father that I'm supposed to be. Because those things, that respect comes from a response of something that I'm doing. Now tell me, your Instagram is two divided by two. Mm -hmm. Define that, give me what that means. Two divided by two was birthed <laughs> because um, we're, we're two people from two different backgrounds, two different upbringings, two different everything really. Mm -hmm like two different languages in the home, two different marriages that came before us. I was a product of a, a marriage that still existed and she was not. Right. She wasn't raised by her mom or her dad. She was raised by her grandmother. Mm -hmm. So two divided by two is us bringing these two different worlds Which together to make one, one good marriage, one successful marriage. And that, it, and that can be, like she said, relative, but it's based on whatever you want your marriage to be. However you two together deem as successful, mm -hmm. that's what your marriage can be. 
And that's what they do, help others create an abundant marriage. We'll yes. be right back with questions from the audience. Boom. Here's what you miss when you're not in studio with That Anita Live. Oh. I don't even mention this in a book. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Blame. At 96th Street, How you transfer into the one. you want yes. Because you know I'm at the end of my toilet paper roll when you talk about seasons and life. I'd rather be good by myself. Please, spill the tea. Come on. I love to have you in my audience. Please, Please tell the man to leave the And we're back with a question from the audience. Our first question is from famed therapist Sharon Lawrence. Hi, Ministers Tyson. Hello. Hi. Okay, I have a two-part question. One is, how do you help couples who have unrealistic expectations of one another? And then also, how do you help them work through conflict when it's just really hard to get the other mate to listen? You want to start? I can. Uh, so the first question was unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think, have we come across, we have. Okay, so we have come across that. And it's honestly, it's very hard. Um, we get them to try to listen to one another without commenting. Um, I, sometimes I have a, a wife saying something and explaining something and I can see the husband and ready to speak and I will, you know, just stop the wife from speaking and just say, you know what, let's just calm down, let's take a breath uh, because you're, you're, you're listening to react to respond, but you're not really listening to what your wife is saying. You're not really listening to what your spouse is saying. Um, it's easier sometimes for us to talk at each other and not talk to each other. And I just remind them to talk to each other, but I also remind them to look at their expectations and make sure that their spouse is aware of their expectations. A lot of times we have unrealistic expectations, but we have expectations that the other one don't even know that we have. And a lot of times it, it, people think that they're mind readers. They think that they're supposed to be a certain way. And I just try to tell them that the rules of marriage are your own. They're unique to however you want your marriage to be, to, to, be, to look like, to, to replicate. And so that's important to just bring them down to ground zero because everyone has an expectation of what we think that someone else's marriage is supposed to be like. Someone could be watching this show and immediately try to go propose to their spouse. Hey, I don't necessarily recommend that. You know, everybody's journey is different. So just making sure that they're not trying to mirror what they see in someone else's marriage. I believe it's also that we tell them about balance mm -hmm. because um, oftentimes we deem it as like their expectations as too big or too small because they don't have balance in their lives. So whereas though a, a lot of women have fairy tales because they grow up in, you know, fairy tale worlds, like they play with dolls and doll houses and they marry kings and, you know, things like that. And men usually don't have those expectations. Mm -hmm. And so we teach them that there's a balance to both of, you, of your lives. And usually that helps bring them back down to that zero that she was talking mm -hmm. about. And the issue that you spoke about with conflict resolution. Oh, I just want to add to, I'm sorry. just sorry, mm -hmm. just to make sure that they are, uh, that they clearly understand that there's a difference between expectations and standards. Mm -hmm. 
that's very important because you can lower your expectations without lowering your standard. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. The conflict <laughs> resolution piece is, is kind of tough because the, it starts with communication. And oftentimes they don't realize that the way they communicate is intrinsically linked to the way they solve conflicts. Mm -hmm. And so we try to get backtrack them and have them think about their communication piece first before you can even begin to resolve a conflict. You can't do that without talking. And so usually when they're talking bad, then things end bad on the other end. Thank you. What's more important, <laughs> touch or respect? Touch or respect. It depends on, on the spouses, honestly. Um, each of us have our own love languages. And so it really depends on how I respond with what's, what makes it more important to me. So some things, um, especially when it comes to men, we might we might lean more to the respect side of things just because that's kind of the way we're engineered so to speak but there are some men that are more sensitive in other ways so it, it really depends on the spouse what kind of touch physical touch emotional touch mental touch what are we talking about because i think that respect can ultimately be touched you, if I can touch him in a disrespectful way or I can touch him in an emotional way without even putting my hands on him. So I guess we first need to define what these words mean to both parties involved in order for us to make a determination as to which one means more than the other one. I can say touch in, um, in so many different ways without even lifting up my hands. So it really you know, means that's relative too, I guess. Not trying to be so deep, but you right. can touch, a movie can be touching, mm -hmm. right. right? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about me and my husband. You guys talked earlier about um, walking together or I think being on the same mm -hmm. road. Yes. Mm -hmm. So how do you get, so me, I'm big, I want to be out, I want to get clients, and I just always want to be somewhere where I can network, and my husband wants to sit on the couch and watch, uh, what's the zombie show, Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. It's his show, he loves it, he watches it over, it's, the season's over, and he just watches it again. So how can I get him motivated to not obviously do what I'm doing, but do something else other than watch The Walking Dead. The, fir the first thing is, number one, is knowing your husband. Did this just happen? Has he always wanted to sit on the couch and watch The Walking Dead? Or is this something that's recent? And this is a rhetorical question just for you to think about. Or is this something recent? If it's something recent, then think about what happened. What caused him to want to stay in the house and want to sit on the couch? And then thirdly, I would say it's always about compromise. So if he always wants to stay in the house, then sometimes you stay in the house with him, but you also need to talk to him and let him know that, hey, this is the agreement that we're coming into. If I spend this amount of time in the house with you, then I would like you to spend this amount of time out with me. Okay. Sacrifice and make some sort of come to a medium. Mm -hmm. Yes, but also don't forget the first thing. Think about 
if this is the way your husband always has been. If this is the way he always has been, then nothing has changed for him. And so when you come to him with this, he's going to look at you strange, mm -hmm. like you're trying to change something that I've always done. That's right. And so now as a man, it's hard for me to accept that because after all these years I've been doing this, but now you want to be different. That's right. And that's yeah, a problem for us men mm -hmm. because you never given me a chance to introduce this change into me. You just want it to be different. So reach out to Busta and Keisha Tysons. You can find them on Instagram. Two, the number two, mm -hmm. yes. divided by two. Mm -hmm. I'm Anita, your host. Be sure to check out that's AnitaLive.com for where and when to see our next episode.